0: So we decided to stay a day or two and kind of rest up and enjoy a little bit of Cancun. I'd never been down there. Neither one of us had been, so it was was a nice experience. And uh, so here we are. Do you want to do my part? (laughs) Go for it.
1: (laughs) Well, one of the things that when I was meditating on the plane coming back from Cancun today is that it really started to wake up or inside of me I guess I began to realize that really living spirit is an everyday moment to moment thing but also for me for I've been probably 16 years or so now consciously really living this and I've always been a person who's more in the moment like instant you know like more impulsive like I want it now type of thing. And one thing that was really nice coming back on the plane this evening was that I was aware of a part of me that was really much more relaxed. And in that relaxation, that part of me that is wanting it all now I'm realizing is really beginning to open up, kind of like you know the flower, the the blossom. And in that opening up, I've been aware of this in this coming forward, this relaxation, that in that this really is a lifelong journey. And it was really nice being in that relaxation and peace and knowing that everything's unfolding just perfectly and there's really nothing I need to make happen. I mean even tonight we never felt rushed at all and yet we even got back earlier than what we thought we might. And everything just flowed in such a nice easygoing way. It was it was the least stressed I've ever seen Jim. In fact he was actually relaxed all the way through. He usually gets a little more stressed through the airports, but this time I didn't experience that with them. I thought, well, that's even interesting in the outer reflection. And so, it was was just really nice for me to experience the relaxation, realizing you know, we really are on a lifelong journey. And here we get together like every week, and sometimes to me it's just like, oh boy, what's going to happen for the next week? Or what are we going to talk about this Tuesday night? and What am I going to experience this week in my meditations? And those meditations and these Tuesday nights, week to week, are spreading out year to year. And it's just really nice for me to realize that there's really no hurry, because it's really just living the moment and being in that continuous flow of loving and spirit. And so I got to really experience that on the way home this evening. And I guess I just wanted to share about that, to really, you know, let you know and to really look at this as a lifelong journey, not something you have to also become illuminated overnight. Because my experience is that it's enlightenment, and all those enlightenments that expand over time is the illumination. And that's the way I've been experiencing it. As the weeks, the months, the years go by, I keep expanding and becoming more illumined, if you will. And there's a real ease to it. There's a gradualness. And in that gradualness, I'm aware of this state of permanence. There's a solidness in all that. There's a great strength, a greater understanding, a greater sense of peace that I've been aware of in the movement and the constantly living this moment-to-moment, day-to-day, year-to-year. And in that, living that from moment-to-moment, I always come back to my meditation. Because my meditation, I realize, is really that deep, direct connection where I experience and tap into that flow with spirit. And then once I'm in that connection flow, that's where I really begin to experience the inner peace and the openness where I do just relax and let go and let God. And just like in Bill's meditation that I caught here at the end, of let go and let God was exactly the, the key for me that I really experienced and um, are coming back this evening. And so there is this process this is a lifelong journey. It's not something that's going to be over in a moment or you're going to have this big aha and it's done. That's what I thought was going to happen at first when I got initiated on this path to sun and light. There was the ahas along the way, but here I am today, continuing to move forward. And the more I do, the more practical I become. And I, I realize my everyday life is kind of smoothed out, where it's all becoming ordinary. What used to be special, I thought this was all special, in a way. And in a way it is, but is in another way, the longer I live this, this direct path of spirit, that it becomes really ordinary, and just this is how life is. And so I would invite you to begin to look at this as a lifelong journey and allow yourself to move into that relaxation and that living a Spirit-filled life truly is ordinary. There's not a specialness or uniqueness. It's really just an inner approach, an inner experience of how you live the days moment to moment. And I have found that as I live those days more in that moment to moment, the years that go by, one, the faster they go by, I experience that. That's what I would call the quickening. But also in that, that gradual blossoming of the flower, or the lotus, that each of us is as a soul continues to open and experience more and more that greater truth of how, who all we all are. And so once again, I invite you to really look at this as a lifelong journey and to really make your meditation, your one-pointed focus, your main path, if you will, to tap into that so you can live it moment-to-moment, not expecting, not pushing, not demanding. And as you really live into that, that relaxation truly will begin to live in you. And then you, too, will open up like this... I love this lotus that Arthur made here with that light. And once you know it's a column of light, just like Bill loves doing the columns. And it's a really wonderful visual, if you will, of that process. And as that lotus opens up. Then there's the other reflection over here, if you remember our painting from last week, of truly the swan or the Hunza, which is a soul standing in its freedom. And the movement of that spirit into that freedom really is what I've discovered our lives on this earth are really about. And as I relax into that, I really enjoy the moments more. And it's easier for my life just to unfold and move according to however spirit really wants it to move. And I simply live a life of surrender, of surrendering to the divine moment, to that divine flow of the divine presence. And it just continues to actually do me. Rather than me actually doing life, I'm experiencing life being done in me, through me, as me. And it's just a wonderful joy to begin to really relax more, not even knowing what the next moment or the next day is going to hold in store for me. But just to live this moment in that divine presence. And as I do, the next moment's always wonderful, no matter what happens. Even the things that seem terrible, I can find the divine within even all those and the blessings that truly are in all life. I guess I'm done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: at least for the moment <laughs> <laughs> okay well it was interesting when we came in um, I went back and I immediately sat down went inside and meditated and uh, was listening to Bill guide the, uh, the group and I do want to say it's really nice to have the freedom in life to uh, be able to know that Bill and Laura are here to support us as we are traveling to keep the community going, the activities of Tuesday night going and all. And uh, so it's nice to be able to call Bill and say, well, we, we've got a later flight than we thought. We're going to be getting in later than we thought. So uh, please, you know, take care of Tuesday night till we get there. And, and it is nice to have that freedom and to know that you all are able to come together as a community and, and build together as a community. And when I came in and I sat down, I was very aware. I kind of was lifted up very quickly into another level, where a group of masters were in meeting and in in, in a togetherness. And um, there also were several representatives of the Lords of Karma and some others. And uh, they were working and paying attention to a lot of things that are taking place on the planet, trying to do their part in assisting in the movement of uh, consciousness on this planet and the transformation of karmas and and moving them into balance and the movement of light. And uh, it was very interesting because as I was watching them and Bill was guiding you through this expansive column of light, it was a big part of what they are doing, that they are diligently working ever to hold the light for the whole planet and also for parts of the planet that are really in transition and in, in movement and balance of karma. And so as, as Bill was doing that I was very aware that uh, in, in a sense you all were becoming instruments of service to the lords of karma, to the lords of hierarchy, to the spiritual action, to the movement of the Holy Spirit as you were doing this action of just holding the light and moving the light and focusing the light and anchoring this column of light and allowing it to expand. And uh, I was also aware of how often we get so pinpointed and and we think that, you know, we're just caught up in in our little world and how, how tight and close that can get. And I was aware of how each of you were relaxing into this sense of freedom to allow yourself to just be a part of a movement of something and that there was nothing you had to do other than just to be and then to allow in your beingness to allow this to take place and and I became aware of as you began to move in your consciousness from city to state to nation to the western hemisphere to the planet that all of a sudden there was this awareness that you know I'm not limited I'm not bound by anything I'm boundless I'm one with all this and I can and I can hold for all of this I can be a part of this action for all of this and that we're all one in this not just we as as the ILM community but we of all this that is taking place are one and and I really sense that oneness uh, as we were doing this in the room and I can see how we were really assisting this whole flow of consciousness that's taking place on the planet. And it's interesting that as initiates in light and sound, that that's what we would be doing because we are living instruments of the Holy Spirit. With initiation comes a great blessing, and that blessing is grace, grace that allows the soul the freedom to move beyond the bounds of this creation by moving into our own loving and expanding that loving to be with God's loving and to open and receive God's loving so that we merge into the oneness and the flow of that. And that as we do that, we allow more and more that grace that is the initiation to live in us, to move in us, and to transform us. And tonight as I was witnessing this whole process, I was aware of how much grace is here for us and how much we are choosing into that grace and it's wonderful to be a part of the action of grace the action of the Holy Spirit and I wanted to share something with you about that as initiates and it's not just about initiates for inner light ministries it's initiates for anyone who's on the path of sound and light with any teacher a true teacher this is true it's not just for ILM But when you receive the initiation into the path of sound and light, something, well, a lot of things happen that are quite wonderful. But there's something quite wonderful that I want to share with you right now. And that is, up until that moment of initiation, you have been living on this planet or in other planets or in other realms within this creation, the physical, material world creation, and you have been caught up in it. You have been trapped in it. And you have been bound to it through your actions and reactions and the development of karma, the unlearned lessons that have come out of your action and reaction. And up until that moment of initiation, you were in the hands of the Lord of this creation. And he was, in a sense, your ruler, because he had set up rules, laws, The moment he created this creation, he set them up. And the moment you walked into this creation of his, you became bound to those laws. And you became trapped by them because of the way they were written, if you will. And you didn't read the fine print before you stepped across the line. I think that if you had read the fine print, you might have gone, no, I don't think so. But, you know, back then, we didn't read the fine print. And today, we don't read the fine print. And so we got trapped here. And up until that moment of initiation, we have been in the hands of Kal in the hands of the Lord of this creation, and at his beck and call, and indebted to him. But the moment you receive initiation, The grace of the Holy Spirit is anchored in you, with you, and you begin to live a different life. And that life is one of grace, one of opportunity towards liberation. It doesn't mean that you're a liberated soul right then. You've still got to do the work, the inner work, to allow that anchoring to come awake in you, to expand in you, to work your karmas free so that you truly are a liberated soul. But you are on the way to liberation in the moment of initiation. And at the moment of initiation, when the Holy Spirit comes in and blesses you and anchors in your consciousness, in that moment, you and all of your karmas are transferred over to your spiritual teacher to oversee and to work with you and to assist you in working free of any and all debt that you owe to this creation, to make sure that whatever can be balanced is balanced so that you are free to leave this creation, to travel in other realms and other universes and into the spiritual universe, and to one day leave here and never have to return again, And that takes place at the moment of initiation where the karmas, the debt, is transferred over into the hands of God, into the hands of grace, into the action and the flow of the Holy Spirit. And it is the spiritual teacher who oversees a lot of that action, a lot of what is taking place in you, around you, and through you, the spiritual teacher is overseeing and assisting you with it's unseen because it takes place on other levels it doesn't take place on this level and so don't look for any of that type of action taking place on the physical because it doesn't it takes place in the realms of spirit where the action of grace is taking place in your consciousness with your soul it isn't about your mind or your emotions or your body or your well-being in the physical creation It's about your spiritual being and your your soul and its liberation. And so the Holy Spirit works with you directly and you work directly with the Holy Spirit to begin to commune, to come into oneness, into union with God. And at the same time, your spiritual teacher is working with the Holy Spirit and with you to assist you and stepping up to the plate and taking responsibility for your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, your reactions, and to begin to do your spiritual work. You're doing your physical work. You're breathing in and out. You're feeding the body. You're getting some rest. You're going to work or you're doing things to supply yourself with security, with financial well-being, to take care of the body however that might be. But more than that, it's about your inner work. It's about meditation. It's about going inside and waking up and realizing who you truly are as divine soul, not who you are as physical being. And so this pathway, once you are initiated, is a path of going inside, and waking up to who you truly are as spirit, as divine. And to begin to live more from that place of your own soul. And to be responsible as you wake up into that for your actions, for your reactions. And also to be aware of the divine flow of grace moving in your life. And to start relaxing, letting go of your push, your demand, your need, your want, and allow the grace of the Holy Spirit to come and go before you. When I call the light in, I often say, and I ask for the light of the Holy Spirit to go before me and to clear away any and all disturbances and distractions that are upon the path before me, that I walk this path in loving and joy and peace and gratitude, and that I'm ever able to stay focused on God. And I ask God to assist me in ever being able to see God first. And that if anything gets in my way of seeing God, I ask for God to lift that or to assist me in lifting it so that I always have my eye on God first. And that's what this initiation and this practice of meditation is about. The initiation of light and sound, the initiation of grace, the initiation of liberation is just that. Now, it's interesting. Recently, I had uh, someone who's been initiated in right Ministries, uh, and I've gotten permission from them to share this, so that that's why I'm going to share this tonight, is uh, they had a wonderful experience in which they witnessed me standing at the door of this large room. And in this large room, were jars as far as the eye could see. And they couldn't see any of the walls of the room. They could just see the room and all these jars. And they were very aware that in the jars were the karmas of all these souls that the teacher, myself, was standing at the door of, guarding, protecting. And as he came up, he came up and I handed him a jar and he didn't want to take it and I said, no, take it and throw it down and break it. And as he did, he broke it kind of reluctantly and he saw everything that was in the jar just disperse on the ground and then the light came in and washed it all up, just like mopped it all up and lifted it like a sponge absorbed it and it just went on up. And then he looked again into the room, and he thought, for sure, those were all his karmas. And it was made clear to him that this was both where his karmas and others were stored now. That those that are initiated, those karmas are brought into the hands of the teacher to oversee, to protect, and to begin the process of bringing to quiet, bringing to completion. So how is it that a disciple all of a sudden has this grace bestowed upon them? What happens that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit does come into your life, does anchor into your consciousness, and these karmas that have bound you here for so long are all of a sudden lifted away from the one who holds you in bondage and is transferred over to the one who is going to assist you in your liberation? What happens? What happened was, somewhere in this lifetime and in lifetimes prior to this one, you began to take responsibility for yourself, for your thoughts, for your actions, for all that you are, you began to take some responsibility for. And it doesn't have to be a major demonstration to the universe or to the world or even to yourself that I am taking responsibility. It can look very small, very unimportant, and yet those little steps lead to some wonderful, great adventures on the inner levels with spirit. It's just taking a step, going out and getting a job, bringing money in for yourself to take care of yourself, or raising a child. That you've given birth to or been a part of the birthing process of, and doing it with loving and respect and responsibility. Or just cleaning up your environment, both outwardly and inwardly, whatever that might look like for you. Or it may be just shifting your diet and taking more responsibility for what you put in your body. It can be so many things. And some of them are so small that we don't even witness the process taking place. It can be as simple as deciding to change how we think about another person, or how we think about ourselves, or realizing that I don't like the way I feel right now. I don't want to live like this anymore. I keep having these feelings coming up over and over, and I don't like this. And it's just making a decision. I don't have to live this way anymore and begin to do something different so that the emotional nature begins to be transformed. And it may not have taken place or started in this lifetime. It may have started one or two lifetimes prior to this. And as you did, you began to bring your karmas, your unlearned lessons, into greater learning, into greater balance. And there is a point as you do this where all of a sudden, because of your actions of being responsible for yourself inwardly and outwardly, that the grace of the Holy Spirit can now come into your life and begin to assist you on the inner levels to bring you to a place of liberation. And it is a place of the 51% mark. You have to cross over that 50% mark as you handle your karmas. You know, God says, you do your part and I'll do mine. But if you're not going to do your part, then there's no need for me to do mine right now with you because you're not going to participate with me. You're not going to listen to me. You're not going to do the things that you need to be doing because you're not going to be willing to do so. You're still going to be expecting me, God, to do it for you, just like you've always been up to this point. Well, God, where is that wife? Where is that husband? Where is the money? Where is the car? You know? And God's going, go get it. Go earn it. Go find them. Go do it. And then I'll do it with you. No, no, you do it. I'm going to sit here and wait for it. And that's what a lot of people do. But when we began to do our part, we, in that action of taking possession of our own responsibility and taking hold of our own life and doing something with it, we give a space in that action for God to come in and be a part with us, to walk with us, to do with us, to build with us, to change with us. And it's at that moment that then God truly can come in and participate with us and begin to be one in action with us. And that takes place when we step over that 50% mark, that that 50-yard line. We have to step over it and begin to walk into the fulfillment of it all. And a lot of people stand on the fence. They really are right there at the 50-yard line. And all they have to do is take one more step And God will say, okay, you're mine, let's go. But they stand there and they look and they go, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. Well, why do you think that is? Well, I've witnessed it on the inner levels, and I can tell you a couple of reasons why. I mean, I know a lot of the reasons why, but there's a couple that I do know that live very much in a lot of people's minds. One is they doubt the unknown. They aren't willing to step forward and take a chance, so to speak. They're not willing to step forward and to find out what's really there beyond this level of consciousness. Meaning they're not willing to sit down and close their eyes and go inside and discover for themselves the truth that lies inside. They're afraid. And they let their fear stop them. And so it stops them right there at the 50-yard line at that 50% mark. And another one is that they are still in that consciousness that they don't want to have to do it. You know, if I step over that line, I've got a lot of work ahead of me. I'm going to have to do a lot more in the way of being responsible for my thoughts and my feelings. Oh, my God. Do you know how hard that is? Well, it's not hard at all. It's harder not to be responsible to them and handle them. But we don't know that until after we begin doing it. When you're looking at something from the outside, whatever you're looking at looks too big, it looks too hard, it looks too impossible. But when you step into it and you begin to do it little by little by little, all of a sudden you find out, well, this isn't so hard. Golly, they made it look so difficult and so hard and so challenging. This is simple. I mean, I should have done this years ago. Have you ever had that experience in your life? So it is in this. All we have to do is step across that that point in our consciousness, in our action in life. And when we do, just step one step over that 50-yard line, God's right there going, hey, come on, take my hand, let's go. And all of a sudden, your life begins to transform inwardly and outwardly because you are now living a different life. You are living a spiritual life where before you were living a physical life looking at spirit. Now you're living a spiritual life looking at the physical, going, now what's next? How do I handle this? How do I take responsibility here? How do I let go of this? How can I simplify this? How can I make time so I can meditate more? And you begin to live a different life. Your perspective is different. Your approach is different. And so it is when you step forward to that 50-yard line and take that one more step, that willingness to be more responsible for yourself in that moment, that God comes in and says, I'll walk with you. I'll do it with you. And together we will win. Together we will be on this path of liberation and you will be fulfilled. We are the prodigal son. And we left our home a long time ago with all these gifts that God gave us to go out and to discover with and to see what we could learn, what we could fulfill, what we could find about our own true nature, our own true being. And a lot of us left and we lost the gifts. We forgot where we put them when we set them down to eat the apple. And we've walked around looking for them. We go, well, we can't go home. I mean, God's not going to appreciate it if we go home empty-handed. we gotta, we got to find something to bring back. And God's going, no, no, no. Come on home it's not about those gifts that I gave you it's about who you are and how you are now what have you learned what have you become what are you unfolding inside of yourself so that you do become the fulfillment that you are and to come home and receive God's love God's waiting ever waiting for us to return home And. You know, we think it's in God's hands, and it is, but it's also in ours. The road is ever right in front of us, and we could ever walk home and be right there with God once again and partake of the feast that He is going to prepare for the prodigal son when He returns. But it's up to each of us to walk that road, to walk that path home. And a lot of us just aren't quite willing to do it. But when we do, in that moment of of initiation, the karmas are transferred over into the hands of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit then is the one who is overseeing the movement, the action, the unfolding of grace, and the liberation of the soul. Recently I shared how... It's very important for me now not to be doing the counseling work I had been doing in the past, not to be doing so much of the outer work that I had been doing because I've got a lot more inner work to do. And it takes more time physically for me to sit down and to to, to do that. And I don't need the outer distractions. I don't need to be focused on the outer process of people's physical lives. It's now about the inner. It's now about the action of grace and the liberation and the movement of those karmas, the emptying of those jars, so that each and every one who's initiated is liberated, is free. And it's interesting. This is a small group compared to the whole world. Well, if you remember, the initiate said that when they looked in the room, it was a huge room. It was gigantic. And the jars went in all directions behind me to the point that there was no sight of walls or limit to how big this room was. So if that's the case, how many souls are there in this that's being overseen? A lot of them will not be initiated in this lifetime physically. A lot of them are being initiated on the inner levels first just as many of you were in another lifetime, you received an astral initiation. You received the beginning. You stepped over that 50% point, and God said, come on, I'll begin to do the work with you. And you began to do the work. And at that moment, the initiation already was anchored in you. Not consciously, on this level, but it was anchored in you and you began to do the work. And the more you did the work, the more the soul came alive, the more the Holy Spirit was able to work with you, the more the grace was able to come in and to begin to transform and balance those karmas so that you weren't so indebted to this creation. And you were able to be freer and move closer to conscious work, to be liberated. That takes time that takes lifetimes it doesn't happen in one usually remember the sins of the father shall be passed into the fourth generation and so it is we may have begun this process four lifetimes ago and we've been walking it somewhat unconsciously unknowingly to this point where all of a sudden now the opportunity for initiation is available now the opportunity for us to step up and truly be responsible and to live a spiritually focused life first. To have God first and nothing before God. Have no other gods before God. And to begin to truly walk a path towards liberation in this lifetime. And it can be done. So that room is not just filled with jars of karma, of souls that are going to be a part of ILM consciously in this lifetime or that will receive a hands-on initiation in this lifetime. But they are souls that are a part of this process of liberation. And Brian and I have walked this path before doing this work and we're doing it again. And we're just ever overseeing the process of this unfoldment of God's grace and to be present for those that really want to participate and partake of it. And there's no rush in God's part. And I feel no hurry or no rush. And I think Brian pretty well declared that tonight. There is no pressure. There is no rush. There's just a state of being. And a realization that it is in God's hands. And it is unfolding in God's time. And all we have to do is do our part. And that part is to live a life spirit-focused, spirit-filled. It means living in acceptance, in forgiveness, and in loving. It means sitting down every day and going inside and saying, God, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you and I open to receive your loving, that I might live in this river of love and partake of this river of love. And to drink from it is to drink from the waters of life and to have eternal life and to thirst no more, to hunger no more, to need no more, because you are quenched. And then you begin to live the fulfilled life of the soul. And sure, you may be initiated and you may be meditating every day and you may be having wonderful inner experiences. And then you get up from your chair and your body hurts. Or your emotions start stirring. Or your mind starts tugging at you going, Well, it's about time. I've got so many things we've got to do today. And you just wasted two hours. Do you know what you're doing to me? And all of a sudden, you realize you're back in the body and you're back in another world, another creation, not of soul, not of spirit. And yet, you know that you're moving into a place where this world is not important. It is a place for you to bring about fulfillment. And when it's fulfilled, you will move on and not have to return here again. It's about waking up and knowing that you truly are divine. Waking up and knowing that you are the living, loving essence of the Lord. It's waking up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. That's what I've always said. And Rumi says, and don't go back to sleep. I like that. And when you put it together, it makes a nice statement. Ever since I was about nine years old, that's been my goal. Wake up. Wake up, Jim. Wake up. Come on, wake up. In my prayers, in my meditation, in my daily life, it's always looking to see am I awake? Am I paying attention? Do I know what's going on? Am I being responsible? Where are my actions? Leading me. Am I in action or reaction? Wake up, Jim. What's going on? Wake up. Be present now. Be present now. God's right now. God's not in the past. Be present with God. Wake up. Wake up. And then one day I discovered Rumi. And I discovered this sentence from Rumi called, And don't go back to sleep. And I just thought, that's it. That's the other half of it. It is wake up, but then it's stay awake. Don't go back to sleep. And a part of it is, in Rumi's poem, he's saying that those that are yet to be a part of this creation are going to go to sleep. They are going to go to sleep at night. They already are asleep, and they're just going to remain asleep. And Rumi is inviting those that truly want to walk the path of liberation to wake up, to stay awake, to don't go to sleep at night, but to sit in meditation and wake up, to wake up into the divine knowing, to wake up into the knowing of who you truly are as divine soul, to wake up and then don't go back to sleep. Don't go back to sleep. How Could that be that you could wake up and know that you're divine and then go back to sleep? A lot of souls do that. A lot of souls walk this path of liberation. They walk it for five years, for 10 years, for 15 years, 20 years. And then something happens in their life that causes them to shake, that causes them to go into disbelief, that causes them to doubt God because all of a sudden their physical life isn't going the way they thought it was going to because they are an initiate and they begin to not meditate and they begin to not take responsibility for their actions and their reactions and they begin to fall asleep they begin to lose sight of their own divinity they begin to lose sight of the inner light they begin to lose the awareness of the inner sound and they began to get distracted and get caught up in the outer light, and the outer sounds once again. And all of a sudden, the initiate goes to sleep. It doesn't mean that their soul is lost, but for a time they've gone to sleep again. And maybe in this lifetime their teacher will be able to wake them up by saying, wake up, wake up. Don't go back to sleep, wake up. Come on, wake up. And it may be in another lifetime that finally the teacher is able to get that message across to them. In God's time, not in ours. And God is loving and God is patient. And God has a timeline for every soul. Every soul. And if you can witness the timeline of your own soul, you would be patient. You would be loving. You would be honoring of every moment You would bless every moment and be grateful for every moment, whatever it is, because every moment is the soul awakening, the soul coming into its own, the soul getting closer to its completion in this creation so that it can go home and it can wake up in the going home and know its divinity and to know God. So all we need to do is keep taking the next step. Don't stop and stand on that 50-yard line and go, I don't know. Golly. You know, I could see everything right up to that point, but I don't know what's, what's beyond that. That's pretty scary. I can't see anything over there. And I keep seeing people go in and they go, oh, I've got to be responsible now. I've got to do all this for myself. I've got to take responsibility for everything. I don't want to do that. I like it because all these people are taking care of me and making sure I'm okay and taking care of my feelings and and I, if I've got a problem in my mind, I just give it to them and they handle it for me, whatever. Why should I step over that line and have to do it myself? Actually you're going to have to step over that line. That's just the process. But God's timing, not ours, is a part of that process. And so we're going to step across that line when it's God's time to do so. Not us physically, emotionally, mentally, but us soul. And the soul knows its own timing. And it'll walk right up to that line and it'll go, mm, not yet, it's not time. Since I've got to learn, since i got to learn, since I've got to learn the hard way. The, the road of hard knocks is still part of my life. And so I'm going to do it. I'll walk over that line when I know I'm done. I know people today that know about this path of initiation, not necessarily with Interlight Ministries, but they know the inner journey. They know the inner spiritual pathway. And they say, Look, don't talk to me about it right now. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to mention it. I don't want to read about it because I've got things I've got to do in the world first. I've got things I've got to get completed. When I get that complete, then let's talk. Then I'll look at it. I know that's there, but I can't do that right now. I've got these things to do. And it's wonderful when you hear a soul actually say that and know that and believe that and be living that because they know that they've got to fulfill this and complete these things so that they can step forward into the liberation. That's a wonderful thing to witness. So as we are walking this path, as initiates, it's important to remember that the soul has its own timing. And it's not for us to go out and say, hey, you've got to get liberated. Just walk across that 50-yard line real quick. Come on, here, I'll help you. Well, you could really do some damage because all of a sudden you're forcing someone, you're pushing someone, you're confusing someone into an action that they're not ready for yet. They haven't fulfilled what they needed to fulfill to be able to take that next step. They may be sitting at that 50-yard line not because they're afraid to take the step, not because they're afraid of what they don't know, and that they're fearful of taking on the responsibility of what they do know is there, They may be stepping on that 50-yard line and waiting there because they know they still have things that they have to take care of first in that first 50%, and they're going to fulfill that first. You let them take care of themselves, and you take care of yours. Let them take that step when they're ready to. And if they ask a question of you and say, well, what is it you're doing? Why are you so different now? What changed you? you can then offer an opportunity of sharing with them about your own life. Not about theirs, but about what you're doing and what you're experiencing and what your growth is for your fulfillment. Not ever expecting them to do it. And they may just go, oh, well, that's, that's interesting. Thanks a lot. That's more than I needed to know. And that may be all they ever ask of you ever again about all that. And they may never want to know anything more about a spiritual pathway or about meditation, or any, because they still have other things to do first. But now it's in their mind, and when they're ready, they will step across that line too and begin the process for themselves. So don't go out there and be one who's got to convert the world, because you've now been converted. More than likely, nobody converted you but yourself. So allow them to convert themselves. What, what is the conversion that takes place? The soul begins to wake up. The soul begins to stir inside and begin to take charge over the mind, over the emotions, over the body, and begin to have a greater dominion over it. Now when I say greater, it can be minuscule. But anything at all, where the soul has a greater say over the actions and reactions at this level, is huge. And transformation begins to take place in the consciousness immediately. And that's what this process is. It's waking up as soul, where the soul begins to have greater expression and dominion over all the lower instruments of experience. And no longer is the mind the trap that bonds and binds and holds the soul in this creation. But now the soul begins to break free of the mind and begins to take charge of the mind. And now, instead of the mind being the master and the soul being the slave or servant, now it's the other way around. The soul begins to be the master. And the mind begins to be the servant of the soul. And then we begin to find our path of liberation before us. We begin to find that we are willing to take that first step along this new path and the soul, and the spirit. So be aware of this process and don't look to the world to be your solution or to your, to be the answer of things. Look to God. Look to the Holy Spirit. Look to the names of the initiation given to you and begin to allow them to be your source, your inspiration, your guide, your protector, your liberator. And be aware that your karmas are no longer in the hands of the creator of this Creation, the realms of physical matter. Your karmas are now in the hands of God, in the hands of the Holy Spirit. So, why look into the hands of the physical creator and say, Now, what am I supposed to do? He's going to go, I don't know. I don't have your book of records. Go where your book of records are. Well, what I've always looked at you, what are you talking about? I've always had to report to you. I've always had to complain to you. I've always had to to come and ask and beg from you. And the Lord's going to go, well, I sure like it when you do it, but your book of life is now in somebody else's hands. Go over there and talk to them. I don't have charge over you anymore. I can't touch you. You have a mark on your door. That tenth door, that unseen door, you have a mark. And that mark tells me that you now are in someone else's hands. And I, the angel of death, Yama, have to pass over you. I can't touch you anymore. Even when you physically die, I can't come and sweep up your soul into my hands and crush you into dust once again to go back into the physical creation to rebirth again. I can't do that anymore. I just have to watch you rise up above all of that I have and on out of here. I hate to see you go because I sure like having you worship me, but I don't have any right to have hold you here anymore. So go over there and talk to them. They know what you need. I don't. Yeah, but if I go over there, they're going to tell me I have to be responsible for myself. Well, then go do it. And that's the key. It's look to where the source of your own soul is directed and directing you to look. Don't look anymore to angels and guides and hierarchies of this creation. Look to God first. Have no other gods before me. No other gods. Have only the Lord God before you and the actions of the Lord God, which is grace and the Holy Spirit and find your answer there." Well, yeah, but see, I could go to a church, and I could sit in a church, and it was peaceful, and it was quiet, and I could pray to God in this church, and it was like giving it all up to God. You're telling me I don't have to go to church, I just have to go inside. Well, it's easier for me to drive five miles to a church and go and sit in a pew for an hour and listen to somebody talk and sing a few songs And then I feel good for a while. It's harder for me to sit down at home by myself and close my eyes and have to go inside and confront all that's in there or to rise above all of that. I mean, I don't even know what that is. How do you rise above yourself? That's the process. It's being responsible for yourself. Become your own priest. Become your own minister. Become your own rabbi. Become your own salvation. For in truth, you are your own salvation. There is no other Savior for you but you. You save yourself. You crucified yourself many, many years ago. You judged and condemned yourself to crucifixion. And you crucified the soul to this physical creation through the mind, through the emotions, through the creative imagination, and through the physical body, and you're now crucified, and you're stuck in this cross, this burden, this sacrifice, this place of death, and you die many deaths every day, it's for you to rise up off this cross. This physical body is the cross that you are crucified to. You, the soul, is in bondage here. It's been nailed to the cross. It's been nailed and trapped in the mind. And it's for you to save yourself. Not you save the physical body. It's for you to save you, the soul. To rise up above it. To resurrect off of this cross. And to rise free of it again to be able to stand free of the cross and live the eternal life and not be caught in the wheel of 84 having to live again and again and again in many different forms not just at this level of physical creation in these human forms but in other physical creations and other realms of existence and other forms of body and experience you would be surprised oh my god you'd be surprised at all the different forms, at all the different expressions, and all the different experiences you have had and that are waiting for you to have if you decide to continue the path of evolution. They're all right there. And you've laid out your next lifetime already. It's all there. So you've already laid out your crucifixion yet again by your actions and reactions, but you also have come to a different point in your existence than ever before. You've walked across that 50% point, and you've entered into the path of liberation and have the grace in you, around you, and before you. And you can rise above even your next lifetime. The grace can go before you and just wipe the slate clean And there's no way for you to get from here to what you've created for the future. There's no way because the road is gone. I can't get there. The bridge is gone. Too bad. I'm sorry. I'd come over there, but I don't have a way to get there. And then all of a sudden, since there's no place else to go, you go up and you go home to God. That's not so bad, is it? All you have to do is don't burn the bridges behind you. Just let the bridge in front of you melt away don't give it another bit of attention don't feed it energy don't put another nail in it to strengthen it just let it dissolve let it fall apart let it go away and you might hear your next lifetime calling you but wait a minute where are you going uh, come over here please I'm the next one and you can just go sorry goodbye no I'm not sorry goodbye and you go on It's just that simple and just that free. So tonight I just wanted to share a little bit with you about that. Because it's important to know this is about being loving and honoring of you. You the soul. And being responsible for yourself on all the levels. And that means being responsible for yourself spiritually first. Have no other gods before me. So don't make your mind and your emotions and your physical body more important than your soul. Make your soul most important. If you have to go without a meal in order to have time to meditate, go without the meal. If you have to not go out on a date or not go and do something in your physical life, then don't do it if you can then sit down and meditate. But do be responsible for those things in the world that you have to be responsible to, whether it be to your job or to your wife or to your husband or to your children. Be responsible to them. Do not walk away from them to do your meditation, but rather make time for it all and find the way to do that. And the Lord of this creation, who is the Lord of time and space, just loves to monkey around with this whole thing of time. Oh, you don't have time. Oh, you're gonna to have to stay longer. You know, yeah, you've got the grace with you, but you don't have time to do it. You know, all your minutes are taken up. You wait, wait oh you you want to watch the news right now, don't you? you've got to watch T V. Oh the the, the, the the best show's on right now. Didn't you hear? This is it. This is what you always wanted to watch. You know you don't have time to meditate right now make sure that you put God first every day and meditate even if it's 15 minutes five minutes do it make time and make space for God in this time and space creation that you can begin to rise above it and to step free of it and be a spiritual being first And then everything else will fall into place. And that may mean that you are going to have to not be with friends as much as you have been, or not be doing some of the things you think is so much fun in your life in order to have time for God. But ultimately, you are here as a spiritual being looking for the way home, looking to get things complete so that you can go home, get it complete and go home. Get it complete. And then everything else will fall into place in this creation. Everything will be in balance and harmony. And when it's time to go home, you know how to get there. Walk that road many times inside. Gone through that door many times. I know where that door is. I don't even have to knock anymore. As soon as I look at the door, the door opens. And I can go on out. I don't have to go up and go, Oh, God, I'm back. Let me in again, please. You just look at it and God swings the door open and says, Come on, let's go. And then one day that door opens and it falls off its hinges. And you go, "Uh uh-oh. I think I'm going for the last time. Hooray! (laughs) And out you go. And you've been there before, so it's no big deal. And the Holy Spirit in the form of your teacher come and takes your hand one more time to fulfill the commitment that is made at the time of initiation to get you back to the heart of God to take you home from which you came and off you fly and the Lord of this creation looks and goes lost another one boy oh boy if I lose too many more I'm not gonna have anybody down here worshiping me and I'm gonna be pretty lonely down here what am I gonna do then Well, I better get back down there and make sure that none of the other ones leave. That's the game. So thank you for letting me share that tonight. That was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) And it's 9 (laughs) o'clock. Spirit's got a good way of keeping an eye on the clock, too. (laughs) See, if you just give it up to God, then God watches the clock for you. You don't have to watch it. And the Lord of Time goes, yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm out of here. (laughs) Oh, she was saying there's a song by Neil Diamond, Leave a Little Time for God. That's true. Leave a little time for God for sure. Well, thank you all very much and we'll see you all next Tuesday.